loving yourself isn't easy. I remember about, I guess, probably 15 years ago now where I had this holy come to Jesus moment where I thought I was living my best life. It looked like I was from the outside. It looked like, you know, I had success. I had money. I was traveling around as like an international business consultant. And I looked like I had everything together, but behind closed doors, I was a hot mess on a hot mess express, the train, right? Maybe you can relate to that in crazy making relationships, waiting to be chosen, waiting for people to do the right thing, waiting for people to love me as much as I love them. And because of this constantly feeling not enough and empty on the inside, I tried to fill up with substances, alcohol, binge drinking, binge eating, et cetera, et cetera. And the only thing I had going for me at the time was this gig, this job as this international business consultant. So it was like, hey, as long as I have success, as long as I have money, then I'm really okay. But at the end of the day, I wasn't okay. Underneath all of that, I was suffering. I was deep in my codependency, suffering with substance abuse disorder. And it all came crashing down when the only thing that was keeping me afloat that helped me be functioning was that gig that I had traveling the world and fixing companies and businesses. And I remember I, I came, I marched my, my way home. I, I was living in Los Angeles at the time when all of this went down in 2008, <clears throat> like a lot of people had that happen to them. And I went back home up on the hill to a house in Westover, West Virginia, where my dad was living, my alcoholic dad. And even though my dad was a was an alcoholic, and maybe you can relate to this if you grew up like this, home was always a place I could still go. You know, even though dad was going to be drunk and it was going to be mayhem and total dysfunction and a shit show, I knew that I could always go home. And so I would at these interludes in my life when everything would fall apart. And I just remember looking around, walking into that house. There was, I mean, it was a ramshackle shick shack of a place, even though he was like worked his way up in the coal mines and was successful, a functioning alcoholic, the house was a hot mess, like flea market fabulous, you know? And I, I rolled up my Louis Vuitton luggage from the plane to LA, back to West Virginia, tail between my legs that I had lost everything. And I was like, holy shit, how did I end up back here? Like, I thought I'd escaped it all. I thought I was like, this function was behind me. And I was like the success now. But here I am right back to where I began. It's like nicotine stained walls, beer soaked carpets, 15,000 cats, you know, dust an inch high baskets containing bullshit. I mean, just, you know, you, you get the drift. Right. And so I, I put down my bags and I sat on the bed and I was like, God, what do I do now? I had worked my way up from the bottom to the top in this company. I had sacrificed my whole entire life for achievement and success, but I had absolutely nothing to show for it. I had blown all my money. I had nothing. I had nothing. And I knew the answer to all my dysfunction was learning how to love myself. That that was very clear to me. It's like, man, you know what? You're 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 like, don't you ever feel like that? Like you're two people. On the one hand, you can be super confident and you can know that you can tackle the world and you can accomplish anything and you have like this confidence in yourself. And on the other hand, when the lights are out and nobody's listening and you're at your wit's end, there's this hole of not enoughness where it it plagues you. Like, you know what? You're, you're a fake. You're a fraud. You're a phony. You know, people are just, you're, you have this imposter syndrome. You're just waiting to be found out no matter how successful you become. And a lot of us who has, have escaped traumatic, addictive, abusive households grow up with this underlying fear of like, it's all going to be pulled out. Well, lo and behold, it was. So I was like, you know what? I know the answer is to love myself. What the hell does that mean? 
you know, if I looked around and say, well, how do I love myself? Let me search, let me Google, you know, and, and what, you know, what are you going to find? You're going to find, uh, you know, take long bubble baths, uh, eat well, get sleep, treat yourself well, you know, self-care. You're going to find like self-care, right? Take yourself out on a date, go to the spa, you know, but, but when you're in Westover, West Virginia, and you're still binge drinking and looking at the, the, the wine that you down from the night before and kind of like have nothing going on and you're full of shame, the last thing you're going to do is drag your ass to a spa. I mean, some of you might, but I know for me, it was like, how do I even just begin my day? You know? So I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't know the worst of it, you know? So I've always had this gift where um, uh, God has gifted me as a teacher. I, I know that this is, I'm called to teach. I'm called to minister. I'm called to whatever that is. And so the blessing is in that teaching is that God gives me an aerial perspective and an aerial view of how I'm healing while I'm healing. And that's the gift. I can, I can come up from this aerial view and say, step one was this step two was that. And when I look back at my life at all the steps, there are seven steps that I took to, to totally transform and heal. And by the way, when I say heal, I mean, break those chains, be a cycle breaker, break the chains of the poverty and the family dynamic, break the change of the abuse and the dysfunctional family, break the chains of addiction and the dysfunctional family and create a life that I love, that I have a mission. I have a purpose. I have a beautiful family. I have a loving, supportive, amazing Iron Man looking husband, you know, <laughs> who's there for me every step of the way. Thank God. And I have this beautiful relationship with my own daughter and all that dysfunction. Now I'm not saying I'm perfect. We all have stuff, but the dysfunction's gone to chains have been broken. And there were seven steps that I went through to do it. And I'm just going to talk to you about one of the hardest steps out of these seven. I, I kind of treated them like the vows, like vows I'm going to make to myself to marry myself, to be my own soul's mate. You know, these are the vows I'm going to take. And one of the vows that I came up with was I release, I trade self-righteousness for reality. I see things the way they are and I detach and I let go. Now, it's very easy for you when you're loving yourself to let go of the things that are no longer serving you and it's obvious to you. You know, some things are easier to let go of than others. Some things are like, man, I'm so sick of you anyway. All I needed was that permission to boot you out of my life and say, hey, that's it, I'm done, you know, and I'm gonna detach. But other things, the things that are really holding you back, the toxic ties that you have, the relationships, the people in your ear constantly, when you get a little bit of success in your life or a little bit of value, knock you off your pedestal and ask you, who the hell do you think you are? You know, when you, when you feel so successful until you turn the key or you put the punch in the pad and you open the door and you see he's drunk again, or you wonder what you're going to walk into when you get home from work, she's out to lunch or who God knows what's going to happen at dinner tonight. You know, that, that living in this constant state of it's great, or it's a shit show and nothing in between. And some of us, the detachment that we have to make is the hardest thing in the world because we're going to say goodbye to relationships that we thought we would, we, we become addicted to. And that's why loving yourself isn't easy. Letting go isn't easy because of our ideas and fantasies about how good it used to be in the past or how good it can be in the future. And we project a fantasy onto our relationships, hoping that they're going to become this thing, you know, and I've done it too. I mean, I have to admit, I was in a, a relationship for 10 years with somebody who I was just like 
the girl in the dodgeball in seventh grade waiting to be picked, you know, and it was helping me relive all of the trauma bonding of I'm not enough, pick me, am I worthy, show me I'm worthy by, by stopping your dysfunctional behavior and, and being with me instead. But slowly but surely, I started to do that work because, you know, as a teacher, you can really only take a, a, a student as far as you've gone yourself. You know, you, you can't guide somebody through the wilderness if you've never been in the woods, you know, or the weeds. You can't forage a path over the mountaintop if, you, if you've never gone hiking, you know. So first in my own life, I had to look around and say, where are the toxic ties? What are the toxic relationships that I have to be so brave and courageous and willing to let go of? And, you know, the thing is, is that it takes time to do that. It's not sometimes just a severing. Sometimes it's like when you wake up in the morning, you know, and you're really groggy and some of us spring out of bed. I don't, you know, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, first, let me lay there for a few minutes and try to drum up some gratitude for the morning, you know, try to plan my day. And as I go through the day, I warm up, my eyes open more, I become more bright, shiny, I go through my routines. And so as we're having this awareness of the toxic ties in our relationships, we just, we start to be willing to observe where is the toxicity at? Where are the detached? What do I need or who do I need to detach from? And just start to become aware of it as your first step. And then sometimes it takes courage. I know it takes courage. And it takes bravery and most importantly, support to be able to walk yourself out of that toxicity and detach from that relationship. Now, you know, a light can't shine on itself. I work with a lot of smart people. I, I have psychologists that come to me uh, for coaching. I have people that are addiction counselors that come to me for coaching. I have people that are codependency coaches and they've already, they already know all this stuff. Okay. And there's, there's a, the greatest gap in life as we know is between knowing and doing, because when it comes to our own loved ones, we have a blind spot. You might tell your loved one, you might say, you know what, this relationship isn't for you. You, know, you could look at your friends and be like, girl, what the hell are you doing? Like exit this, right? Get out of this. But the truth is when it comes to you, there's a blind spot there. There's just, we, we can't help but have that blind spot. And we need sometimes other people in our lives to come around and just go, you know, you know what it is. A lot of us put up with stuff that's not normal, you know, dysfunction, codependency is a way to function in dysfunction. So we're used to like shit shows, you know, we're used to dealing in it. What we think is normal, another person would say that's toxic, you know? So I think our biggest question as adult daughters of alcoholics or adult daughters of addiction is, and you could be an adult daughter of dysfunction, or I call them adult daughters of shit shows. Uh, if you can relate to that. Hello, sister, welcome home. Uh, but, you know, I think that for us, our barometer for normal changes and what we consider like not toxic or just complex, other people are looking at us going, what the hell? I don't know how you put up with that. I don't know how you keep going through it. And there's a point in our lives where we have to do that hard thing, which is loving ourselves enough to take ourselves out of the situation that we're in and rescue, be the rescue squad we wished would have come for us when we were kids. 
You know, you're only staying in this thing because you're good at putting up with stuff. You're good at suffering. You have a black belt in suffering. But what you wanted, if you think about it, and you think in those moments as a little kid or throughout your life where nobody was listening to you, nobody was seeing you, nobody was paying attention to you. And all you wanted was for them to come to you and scoop you up and go, baby, we've got to get out of here. I'm going to put you on a plane. I'm going to take you away. I'm going to rescue you from all this. A lot of us have those rescue fantasies. But the truth is you are your own hero. Nobody else is coming and it is up to you to charge in on your own white horse and rescue yourself. You play both parts here, the brave part and the damsel in distress, right? But you have to recognize and be willing to notice. That's the hard part. I'm not a victim. I'm not a damsel in distress. Are you sure? Are you sure you're not in a toxic relationship where you're being gaslit, where you're being manipulated, where you're being hurt? Loving yourself is hard rescue missions are difficult. When we go into the trenches and we try to save ourselves, it is not fun. It is not a spa day. It is not going to go here in West Palm Beach. We go to a uh, spa, you know, the fancy place. It's not a spa day. It's in the trenches, man. You can see my sword back there. You know, that's a metaphorical sword, but honestly, it's literal too. I can't tell you how much stuff I've had to chop in my life, but I know this for sure. On the other side, warrior is a freedom and a peace and a certainty about what you deserve and who you are in the world that can even compare to the comfort you're getting by staying in the crap you're in. And I know it's hard to see that the out, the other side is so much fear and so much, there's so much joy. There's so much freedom. There's so much bliss. Now here's the hard part. As I'm detaching in my life and this continue, I work this lesson every day as, as I've come up with these seven vows. And by the way, if you're curious about learning how to work these seven vows, it's in my codependency recovery, toxic relationship recovery course. These are the seven vows we take and it's over at HeidiRain.com. You can do it now. You can go purchase the course and start the warrior's journey into your own well-being, or you can choose to have me come alongside of you either way. I work these vows on a, on a, on a, as a spiritual practice in my own life. And even last night I was so tempted, you know, those strings are, 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 you know, they're still there sometimes. It's like, even when you cut off a limb, you have phantom limb pain. You don't remember when your arm used to be there, you know? And so I had this, this moment where I just said, well, what do I need in this moment? Well, I'm sad that I have to let this person go. I'm sad that I can't, I'm not going to have the fantasy that I thought I was going to have. I'm sad that I've got to surrender here and detach from any ideas in my head that things could be different. I, I'm sad that I live in reality. I don't want to see, you know, I'm sad that I have to actually be the one sometimes to actually finally say, look, we never want to be that one that goes, I'm out of here. I have so many people that are spiritual people that I work with and even wonder like, Hey, what would Jesus do? You know, am I called to suffer? Do I have to stay in this? But the truth is, is that, is that you're not called to suffer and neither am I, but there is suffering in our lives. There is hard suffering in our lives, but nine times out of 10, the suffering isn't saying in something. It's having the courage to get out of that thing and suffer the loss and suffer the grief and give it to God. That's the suffering that probably we're called to do is to let it go and give it to God. But that's hard. And I wept in the tub last night. I cried like I hadn't cried. I don't even, I didn't even know since when I haven't cried that hard. I was sobbing in the tub, crying at the, like weeping in the tub for an hour 
weeping in the tub and letting everything come out because loving yourself is hard. Letting go of people that you love, you're supposed to love, are supposed to love you is hard. So what I want you to do next is take the first step and start to look around you and say, when I love myself, when I'm in my best, right? When I feel like, man, you know what? I am worthy person. I am, you know, I, I know that I'm a good human being. And then there's something, somebody in your life, I know this for sure, that creeps in and makes you feel crazy or question your greatness on a regular basis. You're going along great. You're everything's fine. You get with this person in your life. And all of a sudden you question how great you really are. Are you as who you think you are? Are you a bad person? Are you fucked up? Are you, is there something wrong with you? That's the toxic tie. That's not the reality, a dose of reality for you. That's the person that's pulling you from loving yourself. Rumi said, your task is not something like this. I don't know, I'll quote Rumi around here, but no, your task is not to seek love. It's to seek inside and remove the barriers you've built against it. So love is here and there are barriers we need to remove or take our sword and go on our warrior trip and remove them. And some of the barriers to loving ourselves are the toxic ties with the people that whisper our unworthiness in our ears. And we have to be willing to grieve the loss and let those people go. Loving yourself, is hard, but I want to support you on that journey. And that's why I've created all the courses that I have, the coaching opportunities that I have. So go over to HeidiRain.com and take a look around over there and see if this is the kind of support you think you need. Am I a sister? Are you, are we sisters? Are we in this together on this path? Finding out our true value, finding out all of our capabilities, stepping into our full power, loving ourselves unconditionally being the hero we always wanted. Are you ready for that? Because I'm right here. I'll see you really soon. I hope that you have a beautiful day today. And most importantly, let's remember that even that first step sometimes can be hard of just reaching out, but you're here. So I know that you are on the path. I love you. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.